0: What would you like the power to do?
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: All right,
1: we're going to get it back to the Philadelphia Eagles and pennant winning Philadelphia Phillies momentarily. But first, it's time to talk soccer in your Philadelphia Union in the Eastern Conference Finals for the second straight season against the disgusting oil money team that plays on a baseball field, New York City Football Club. Joining me to talk about that and more. Returning to the program for, I don't know, like a fourth or fifth time or something like this, I lost track. It's uh, Corey Ferlin. SOB, Corey, Keystone State Ultra, Corey, you still got SOB in your
0: uh, Twitter handle, but you're a KSU guy now. Listen, man, at this end of the day, um, Sons of Ben will always be a big part of my life, who I am, my story. Um, I love the group dearly. I truly do. Um, and I landed with these guys up in, in 140 just because I, I got you know tired of like politicking and doing this. I just wanted to go to the games and have fun, man. That's really it. So that's, ultimately what it boils down to I just want to be able to go to the games scream my head off act a fool and leave and not have to deal with all the other stuff that goes along with it so no hard feelings between anybody it's just you know what I had to do for me and I wanted to be able to enjoy something that we put a a lot of labor and a lot of effort into make a reality and it it became like I was going to a game and working and not enjoying it so that's kind of that's all it is nothing more nothing less.
1: Well, no politics on this program. We're not going to talk about the Fetterman and Oz debate uh, from the other night. That's not on the show list today. But what we are going to talk about is a repeat of the Eastern Conference final from last year. I actually want to start with a tweet. This is probably the most ridiculous tweet I've ever seen in my entire life. This is from Hudson River Blue, uh, which is the SB Nation site for NYCFC. They're like the brotherly game of New York, right? So they said, how the union talk about last year's conference finals versus New York, you'd think that they were forced to field their U9 team, but the lineup isn't so off from what faced Cincinnati. The midfield is 100 the same. The attack is like for like. Montero and Shabilka were traded. Carranza and Ua were signed. So, Corey, do you think that the team that played New York City uh, last year and was similar to the team that played Cincinnati
0: last week? I mean, if you're gonna tell me it's similar, as if like the arms, the legs, and uh, you know, maybe their their gut was cut out, um, and it would be, then yeah, sure, it would be almost the same team. But like, you're mean to tell me, you're how can you compare the goalkeeper of the year, arguably the best goalkeeper in MLS history, um, our two center backs, our left back, and then you're gonna tell me you're gonna like. It would be like for like with Casper if there was a traffic cone up top. Like, <laughs> are they, Like, I, I don't understand. I mean, what kind of delusion they might be living in? But like, yeah, about that. Like, sure, okay, McGlynn. I, no, not to mention Bedoya wasn't there. Like, that's a whole thing. Like, no,
1: Captain. Yeah.
0: Yeah, dude. Like, get, get, get out.
1: Like, we there played- was plenty. There was plenty, dude. They had. Well, and yeah. here's the other thing, too. They played Christmas tree last year in that <laughs> game, which they, they alternated between that and the four four two, um, They didn't, and because of that, when Shiboka was up there, they didn't have, you know, Corey Burke wasn't available either. They didn't have anything off the bench. I mean, right. remember, they, they couldn't even field a full bench because of what happened to them. They lost training time because of the <laughs> COVID shit. You remember Mbizo too, was in Africa playing the AFCON, and then he came back, right? right? So then your left back was right-footed, uh Aurelian Collin hadn't played at all that year. He was on his way to retirement. Stuart Finley played a couple games. So mm-hmm. um it's to answer Hudson River Blue, even though they didn't answer a question, no, it's not, it's not like the team that they played <laughs> last year. It's the same team the dumbest shit i can't i can't believe any somebody like actually tweeted this okay so they're missing 80 percent of their back line plus goalkeeper the defender of the year the goalkeeper of the year the runner up to defender of the year and a guy who played in the afcon so um not or, to i ma- mean that's the guy who was available you know
0: not to mention the 30 goals up top that were there last year that's right that's right
1: so here's the so as we advance the story now the real question is like th- this should be like a revenge game for them, should it not? Not necessarily revenge against against New York City, but revenge for what happened and a second bite at the apple, and maybe revenge against MLS for the COVID rules being what they are. But it's 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 karma in a way, is it not that we ended up with this matchup?
0: I don't know if I want to say karma, but I want to say like it. It's it's very poetic. Like karma is like yeah. For- Like, and again, I heard Jim's comments today where he said, like, good things happen when you work hard and you show up and you do your thing. And, like, karma is kind of tough. But, like, I will say, like, it it almost makes it, like, cathartic and poetic in a way because, like, we're going to get a chance to, like, write what happened last year. Now, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand you have to go play a game and anything can happen on the day. But, um, and it would be probably pretty devastating if they didn't win this game. And I have no foregone conclusions. I'm not going to say we're going to roll on them, but, like, in my gut, I'm like, yeah, it's time to write what happened. And, like, because, you know, I feel to this day that if we had an opportunity to play for MLS Cup, we probably would have won MLS Cup last year. Um, To have another crack at it in the same building against the same team and, um, you know, like – make things all right with the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a, I
1: mean, maybe karma wasn't the right word. Maybe, maybe kismet is what I was looking for. Uh, (laughs) That's destiny, you know, fate, like another, like a, like a second chance really here to, to, to correct maybe what should have happened or could have happened last year. If you felt wronged
0: by that, you know? Um, If you think about it, if that happened to any, in anywhere else in the world, the outrage would have been uh, like astronomical.
1: Well, for Christ's sake, man, I mean, imagine, like, just take another team in Philadelphia. Imagine the Eagles got to the NFC Championship game and they were playing, well, I don't know, because there's no other good NFC teams this year, but pick, just pick a team, (laughs) right? The Giants. 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 Yeah, say the Giants. Say they're playing the Giants, right, in the NFC Championship game. Jalen Hurts wasn't there, so they had to play Minshew. Um, You know, Marcus Epps was out, so they had to throw Kayvon Wallace in there. Josh Swed was out. So they had to throw – they had to change their formation and show bare front the entire game and play with three defensive I mean, like, you would never hear the end of it, man. So – and I I don't think that anybody was down playing that. I think, like, nationally, when you looked at it last year, people said – we're looking at the union. It was like, oh, look at this shit that they got to deal with, you know? But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you just didn't – you didn't – hear a ton about it because it was the MLS team, you know? But if it was, if you, if you extrapolate that story and you look at any other team like across the entire country, man, if that happened to anybody, man, it would be, it would be like the, the biggest grievance on the planet, you know? So I'm just glad I that, if that they have the opportunity to, 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 to do this, you know, right. to, to, to play this team again mm-hmm. and to, Get a crack at doing what they couldn't do last year, and they were kind of denied the chance to do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting, man, is I thought that I, I feel I think you, you and I were talking about this yesterday. I, I feel like this game is going to be easier for them than the Cincinnati game, and my take on that and the reasoning for that. Not necessarily easier, uh, not because they're not as good of a team. I think New York is better than Cincinnati for sure, but I think Cincinnati was the t- was the tough playoff opening game where you're coming off the bye, you're playing a team that you did not beat this year. The- all the pressure is on you. You're the yeah. number one seed. Yeah, you've seen number one seeds go down before, and so it was like it was like the anti Phillies. You know what I'm saying, man? Because the Phillies came into it playing with house money. They were the number six seed. Anything that they did was going to be seen as an achievement and nobody had any expectations for them going in as a number six. You know, the union were the opposite because it's like, hey, all the pressure is on you. We expect you to go to the cup. And they came out and they dealt with a frenetic, you know, like 15 or 20 minutes or whatever, some nervy moments. Andre played a huge game. It was kind of like ping-pong back and forth a little bit, but they did enough to get the win and they got the clean sheet. You know, so I think that's like, you know what I'm saying, man? Like it gets it gets it the monkey off your back. It kind of clears some stress off your shoulders. You're saying, hey, we got the first one. We got two more to go. So you come into this New York City game saying, like, okay, we got the job done against Cincinnati. We feel a little more comfortable now. Like, we got off the schneid. Like, our playoff run started. And I think they're going to come into this one a little more loose, a little more relaxed, and, and, and probably play a better game than they played last week. Is that a crazy take for me, or is that does that make sense?
0: No, it definitely makes sense. Like, I agree. I mean, you know, you look at how Cincinnati plays, right? They got this front three that's been, like – all over the place this year they've set the world on fire you know they're great they're this They're that you got all these clamoring people for brandon vasquez to go play to the world cup and whatever yeah and that's all well and good and like yeah they beat us twice um or and they beat us once and drew us once and you know okay um but they wanted to come in and turn it into an absolute shit show like if you watch that game, like you said, ping pong and like, and unfortunately the referee like lost control of that game very early. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it just played into their, like, we want to hack the crap out of you and, like, hope to catch you on a counter. Because that's how they beat us when we played in Cincinnati. They caught us on three counters. That's what it was. It wasn't like it was, like, this glorious build-up play where they knocked the ball around and, like, okay, somebody hit the ball that unlocks the back four and then you're in. This was, like, they won the ball in, like, shitty spots and ping 70-yard through ball. It almost felt like I was playing FIFA. 70-yard over-the-top through ball and Brenner's in and you can't do anything about it, you yeah. know? Um So that, like plays into a team like that's hand. Now I think, now I'm not saying this will be an easy game by any stretch of imagination. Like you said, New York city is a very talented team. They're infinitely talent, more talented than Cincinnati. But, um, you know, I think given everything that happened last year, given that this union team this year is better than last year's team in in pretty much all facets of, of the game Um, they've improved. I mean, it's the first time we've had multiple I don't. We might have had one 15 goal scorer in our history, or two 15 goal scorers in our history. Yeah. You know, now, but you could have three guys on 15 plus goals. You got a guy on 22, and then you got two guys. One guy missed a third of the season. He still scored 10. You know, and then you got another guy that you know yeah. came from Miami, and like he arguably for the first half of the season or first two thirds of the season was unstoppable. He was scoring every game. You know, so it's like. We, as, as a team, are infinitely better than we were last year. We hopefully, God willing, knock on wood, will have our full complement of players. Um, and then, you know, next thing you know, we're going to play this New York City team that, you know, we've beaten twice this year. Now, that does play a little bit. I know, understand it's very difficult to beat a t- team three times in a season.
1: Yeah.
0: However, I think on the day, um, our talent, And the fact that it's in our building, and it's this whole like not I don't want to say revenge, but like this whole like poetic moment of what's going on, I think will lend itself to the union going to MLS Cup on on you know a week from or five six days from Sunday.
1: It's another opportunity, is what it is. You call it revenge, you can call it destiny, you can call it whatever. You can use those fancy buzzwords, but like if you're if you're taking it from the the Jalen Hurts like business like approach. You're just looking at it as another opportunity to, to yeah. do something that you feel like may have been taken from you last year. I think that's probably how they're going to approach it, man, because yeah. they're 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 an even keeled team. I don't think they get I don't think they get too high, you know, and I don't think they get too low. And, yeah. um, you know, the individual accolades, the individual awards have been handed out. You know, um, I think that probably helps a little bit to just kind of get that out of the way. Uh, okay, Andre Blake's goalkeeper of the year, Jim Curtin wins coach of the year by 0.1%, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Probably the closest vote we've had since Bush versus Gore in 2000. (laughs) There may have been hanging chads at MLS. Talking
0: politics on this.
1: (laughs) Wilfred Nancy should have demanded a recount, don't you think? Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, but – But I think that's, that's, that all helps them because I think, you know, again, I'm just a bit, big believer in them kind of coming out and getting over the hump. You know, when you look at, when you look at like the NFL playoffs last season, Tennessee and green Bay were the number one seeds. They both had buys and they both lost in the, in their first game. You know, you look at what happened in major league baseball this year, Dodgers go out, the Braves go out. Um, You know, both, both, and then you had a a five versus six on the National League side, you know? So I I think that, like, no, that that first playoff game is the most important when you're a number one seed and you have a bye because it's like, okay, we got this, like, monkey off the back. It's like King fucking Kong on your shoulders, you know? And you've lifted him off there. No joke. I mean, that sounds like exaggeration, but it's not, you know, especially to go into it without Bedoya and having McGlynn having to play on the right side again. I think that the big thing, Corey, was when when you watch that goal that they scored in that game. Jack McGlynn came over, found the ball, said, give me the ball. I want to be involved. And mm-hmm. he got involved with Gajdog up the right flank and Karanzer up the right flank. And it was just ping, ping, ping. Let's put a, put a ball into the box. Gosh dog gets it back. I give him a lot of credit for not going down there and kind of just holding it up, kind of keeping the play alive. He eventually gets kind of ragged, ragged down. I don't know if it was a penalty or not, but doesn't have to keep the ball alive Mikael Orr comes in very calm, just slides it over to Leon Flock, of all people, you know? But to me, it was like it started with them saying, Hey, let's get our like good skill guys on the ball and just calm it down here. Mm-hmm. You know and McGlynn, go find the ball. You got a great left foot, man. I know you're playing on the on your shitty side and you don't like playing on the side, but get involved, bang, 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 string a couple passes together and good things happen. And you know what it is, man? More than anything, I think it just goes to the theme of like this team will find a way to win a game. You know, they can win seven, nothing. If they're on, they can win one, nothing. If it comes down to Leon flock and Andre Blake being Mm -hmm. the guys, you know? And so to me, that's always been the theme is like they they've, when the union started to turn a corner in 2019, it's because they were finding a way to win games that they would have lost in the past. And to me, like Cincinnati was the prototypical
0: thing, you know? You're hundred percent correct on all accords. I think absolutely. It seems like it's the, the progression of this club that is uh, since, I mean, you and I have been around since the beginning and some of the ridiculous stuff that happened, you know, way back when, um, those things weren't happening anymore. And it was like yeah. the games that we would lose by a goal, you know, we were starting to win by a goal and like little things like that started to change. And like, next thing you know, um, we're competing for trophies year in, year out. And I think even the Open Cup runs of, like, getting into that, that was, like, the beginning of it. Like, you know, especially for Jim, you know, to get through competitions like that. And I understand that not everybody takes the Open Cup seriously, but you could start to see, like, Jim came in. He, you know, he's put up with so much shit over the length of time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I give him all the credit in the world to be winning these, you know, Coach of the Year awards. And, like, you know, they're literally one point from the top, Point getter in MLS over the past five seasons. It's L- LAFC are one point different. Yeah. Uh, FC is spending tens of millions of dollars every year on marquee players. And like here we are building from within with like these kids and like, you know, um great signings and Ernst Tanner and even Ernie Stewart gets a little bit of credit for like as, whether you liked him or you didn't, like putting, you know, a plan in place and like kind of the whole, like it was like one thing happened and the next thing happened and the next thing happened. And here we are.
1: Processes, man, making them a professional team.
0: Correct. And they went from practicing the park in Chester to like breaking ground on a $90 million training facility in like the next yeah you know, six months. Like that's, you know, th- that just goes to show you and like, you know, just uh, it's just and I think also bringing Bedoya in here was like the first time that that was like the almost like the, the line in the sand that they were like, all right, we need to do this. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to get, you know, bringing him in was like saying, OK, we're going to be for real and like no knock to anybody that was here before that cuz some of I have some really good friends that played on the team and like did phenomenal jobs and worked their tail off and were phenomenal players but like this was the moment where the union was like all right it's time to step up and like be a, be a club yeah
1: yeah um what did you what did you make of jim winning by such a slim margin but the discrepancy between so the players and the gms went for jim yep hardcore and the media went for for Wilford Nancy like big time and there's a huge gap there and I was fascinated by that I've got my theories but um I'm wondering if you have a take on that
0: I mean I think honestly like I don't understand why the media votes on these things to begin with right like that's my first question no offense mm-hmm. to anybody that gets the ability to do it it's like like the baseball hall of fame why does the media decide who gets into the hall of fame yeah
1: yeah and like, then you have all the Kurt Schilling and Pete Rose yeah, shit,
0: you know, yeah. like yeah. you got like you know why can't The players who are the people who are like working and involved in this and have the most contact with them, like and the GMs and everybody involved, like arguably the people who know the game the best Mm -hmm. uh, out of all of us, like they all have a wealth of knowledge well past what you or I have. Um, Whether we like to admit that or not, when we're critiquing what happened after the game, um, they all know better than we did. Uh, we do. And the, they should be the deciding factors. I think that speaks volumes to me because, like, obviously the media, like, Montreal was like, you know, oh, look at Montreal. Like, everybody on, like, MLSsoccer.com was like, oh, Montreal's going to beat Philadelphia. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're so good. You know, Montreal is such a great place to watch soccer. Like, get out of here, dude. Like, it's, you, you know, like, it just seems that, like, everybody just – fit Philly is always that, like, forgotten, like, kind of thing where it's like, okay – you know maybe they're good maybe they're not they're not putting the effort in or like as a club or whatever the case may be like give us our day dude like we've worked our tail off and dealt with so much crap over the past you know 15 years to get to this point like why don't you yeah. respect who we are you know
1: yeah yeah i you know it's interesting because i think um i think the players and the gms obviously have so much more of a window into what goes on behind the scenes you know mm-hmm. day to day at training Um, you know, how they treat the players, how they deal with them, uh, you know, in, you know, off the record sessions that we're not privy to. Right. So I certainly think that there's a bias. I I use bias like in a positive way. Like I certainly I think they trend more towards that because they know more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, The media, I think it's possible. I think it's possible for players and coaches too. players and GMs and coaches sometimes to have tunnel vision because sometimes they're only ever around their team. You know, whereas the media, I think, probably consumes and probably watches more games um, and takes more things into consideration. I think, you know, if if you ask me, I think the average uh, media member through all sports probably just consumes more of the product overall. Uh, But I I think the media likes stories and and storylines. Right. And so I think that when you look at Jim Curtin, it's like, well, he just won coach of the year. Is he going to win it again? And of course the union were going to be good because we thought they were going to be good. Right. Whereas they look at Montreal and say, Oh, we thought Montreal was going to be shit, but this guy did a really good job with them, you know? So I think they look more at like nebulous concepts, like, um, you know, what makes for a good story or who like overcame this or who did this or whatever. Jim Curtin, um, you know, I think the goals that they scored, the defense that they played, that helped him overcome any kind of like feel good slash narrative kind right. of, kind of stuff that, that Nancy had maybe had an edge
0: over him on, you know, you're going to go with that, with that school of thought. Like then why wouldn't Josh Wolfman and cat and, and because everybody thought Austin was going to be
1: t- right, right, right. Then like, he, then he would have been third instead of like, uh, um, yeah, instead of LAFD. Yeah, you
0: know, I don't know. It trauma. is what. It, yeah, I, yeah. I, I Jim absolutely deserves a reward, and like I love it as all the people that were screaming about closing the curtain for years. Like the guy was going to a gunfight with a knife, and I believe that's what his quote was. Like
1: yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Know what
0: you want me to say like I believe like, you know, and like all these people, I'm like, listen, he's not the issue, like. And, and just people like, Oh, you're just defending the club. I'm like, listen, no, like I'll call out what I see when I see it, but he's not the problem. And like, kudos to him, gets his contract extension, you know, two-time coach of the year. Now it's like, he won the supporter shield. Now it's like, let's win the whole goddamn thing.
1: Last one for it. And I'll let you go, man. Um, the, they want, they have coach of the year. If they have goalkeeper of the year, if they have defender of the year, they have the runner up for defender of the year if this thing falls apart and said they lose to New York city then we look back and didn't say, all right, um, this is the greatest season that they ever had, but it didn't end in a trophy. However, we have these individual accolades. We have this crazy gold differential. We have these things to talk about. I mean, does that do anything uh, for you to kind of, I don't know what the word is like salvage
0: uh, a a season? Uh, I mean, again, I, I, you know, have the utmost respect for what, the team is done and I'm not going to go out and say, Oh, it's a failure if they don't win this game, like this season as a whole, because obviously it's not, they had the the best season in their history, arguably one of the best seasons in the history of the league in performances and results and goals yeah. and this, that, and a third. But I mean, ever since last year, that game ended, I walked out of the stadium and I was like, these, I'm like next year, they got to get to the final. They have to. Like they're going to have the whole team back. They're going to improve in certain places. Like this is the game that will say yes. And like, not for nothing. Like if they go to the final, if they win and they get there and you know, yes, this, this would be a success this season. I think it's another step forward. It's progression. Like, but the problem is, is like, you got to progress to the point where like you get what you like, you only have a certain window of time. Like, obviously there's a couple players that won't be here next year. Um, You know, and I think like going to be their arguably their best shot to do the whole thing outside of what happened last year. So I don't want to say it's going to be a failure because I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do that and it would sting and I would be bummed and like, you know, that whole thing. But I will say this, um, I firmly believe that not only are the union going to win on Sunday, they are going to leave very little doubt.
1: I agree with you, man. I'm just feeling that for some reason. I don't know why. Um, as you turn to a black screen there, maybe he just <laughs> logged off. Oh, there he is. Um, Corey, on. thanks, man. Now you good? You good? Can you hear me? I... Nope. Uh, oh, yeah, made I got the entire... yeah, okay. Yeah. We made it the entire time. Just as I was about to to let you go, you kind of crapped out anyway. So maybe that's somebody yeah, telling me fo- something. Yeah.
0: My phone was ringing. That's what happened.
1: Oh, it's all good. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you jumping on. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, do it again. All right, man. You got it, bud. Be good. Cool. All right, Peace. Yeah. As we continue to record here, um, I'm going to take your questions and your comments and your concerns. Sorry. I haven't done a lot of this in the last few episodes. I just, I have just been fucking slammed with like the Phillies and the Eagles and everything. And the two kids have been sick. I don't know what's going around. It's like RSV COVID, uh, the flu, the same time like we've all been everybody in this house has been everybody i know has been sick so uh you know we've just been slammed with stuff but anyway uh your questions and comments and concerns here's from ej um assuming burke and mcglynn would be on the field uh instead of ua or bedoya um, who are your five pk takers good question gosh dog for sure mcglynn um i would let kai Wagner take one for sure, so that's three. Um, I guess Corey Burke can take one. I don't know. I, yeah, I, has he ever taken – he's taken a couple penalties, I believe. I guess Burke could be up there too. I would let Jack – I would be fine with Jack Elliott taking one. Um, Leon Flock, you know, if he comes – well, let me think. Because if McGlynn starts, if Bedoya is not there, then that would mean – that Flock is probably on the field at the same time too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would let Leon take one. Well, I guess uh, Goshdog, McGlynn, um, if Carranza's on the field still, of course I would let him. Burke, so maybe maybe Goshdog, McGlynn, Wagner, Burke, Uh, Yeah. I mean, if Bedoy is there, I'd let him take one too. Yeah. I think they got some good PK candidates, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at the subs that would, they would come off for sure. So I guess McGlinn hit the big one, I guess, against Nashville last year, right? So um, here's another question. When you have Blake, is the strategy to let the goalie make saves rather than risk deflections on blocked shots? Or does the defense need to be better than last round? I mean, I've never heard of any team actually doing that, saying, hey, we're going to allow this shot. I think what happens when you have a really good goalkeeper behind you who you trust, I can always speak for myself, but like – you know, when you're backtracking or you have somebody coming at you, you're looking at how much space you're willing to concede. And at some point you say, okay, I can't backtrack any further. You know, I got to step up here. Is that at the edge of the box? Is it, you know, where is it? You know, I think with Andre behind you, you feel a little bit more comfortable about dropping off if you have to. Uh, and and if they're, you know they're going to get a shot off, let's try to cut the angle at least, or let's try to make it from a little further out. You know, I think you can just be a little bit, safer there and say, okay, I'm going to concede a shot. I don't necessarily have to go to ground. I don't have to block this. I don't have to stick a leg out. Cause like, I know that I have Dre behind me and if I give him a clean look at it, it'll save it probably. Um, so I don't think it changes the strategy of, of what you're instructed to do or how you play, but it just makes you um, feel a, a little less urgency. Maybe you, you don't, you know, lunge the way that you normally would or say, oh, I got to snuff this out now. If Matt freeze was, was behind you, you know, um, so I think it changes how you approach it mentally. But I think structurally, I, I don't, you know, there's no real strategic change there, you know. Uh, Chris says, if you were the commissioner, how would you set up MLS season and playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's been some talk about uh, redoing the MLS playoffs again for like the umpteenth time in as many years, you know. But, uh, man, I like I, I like balanced schedule and I like, uh, you know, Premier League style, to be honest. But what I would what I would do is, in addition to the regular season, you know, you play everybody home and away. You know, do it like a European league. But then on top of that, you do playoffs. So you do a regular season trophy with a balanced schedule, a, a supporter shield that means more, and then you have a narrowed playoff field behind that, like maybe four teams from each conference. I, I like that better because it gives gives you a little bit more to play for. You know, if you're not if you're one of those mid table teams and you're eliminated from contention in like July, you know what I'm saying? So um Rick says we haven't played at NYCFC since June twenty-sixth. Uh, since then Cassianos is gone. The big three haven't really uh, have really found their groove. Yeah, bear and Pereira and all them. Uh do you think that because they played five months ago and so much has changed that the previous games this season don't mean as much? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, I think that's. there's always something to be said for that. I mean, they're not the team that they beat however long ago, you know, for sure. But the thought of NYCFC being unbeatable is not – nobody's thinking that because, like, you're saying, hey, we have had success against whatever iteration of these guys we've played in recent years. I don't think they're fearing them. You now, if it was Cincinnati and they played them five months ago but they lost, maybe feel a little differently about it, you know. But at the same time, you know it's not the same team, so – I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a good thought though. Yeah. I mean, I think you always throw those away. You know, it's more like a mental thing, I guess. Uh, Eric says, is this a podcast for blue collar workers? Yes. How about the, how about the, uh, the ladies celebrating the Phillies win? The lady who didn't know who the union was. Thank you. Thank you for that. That really gave all the, they gave all the four for fours something to lay off at, didn't it? Thank you for, for helping us grow the game. Yeah. Um, Seriously. He says, seriously, though, if people who celebrate the Phillies don't know who the union are, they probably aren't big Phillies fans either. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, (laughs) it's like how many of the Phillies fans who were, um, you know, out on broad street the other night or uh, applying for world series tickets, how many of them do you think were watching, uh, you know, every, every game of the Pete McCannon era, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, watching every John Mayberry jr at that, you know, I, it's funny, right? Cause you're, you're, there's always a bunch of bandwagon people who jump on and, and think it's, uh, you know, cause it's a hot thing to do and they're good. Okay. You know, I get it, but it's a good point, right? I mean, if they didn't, if they, they, those people who wear in the Phillies, gear, they probably couldn't, probably couldn't name most people behind Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and Schwarber, you know, right. Ask, ask that same woman how many Phillies she can name. You know what I'm saying? Um, Jim says McGlynn didn't have his best game against Cincy. Do you think that was more age, experience, or the matchup? Yeah, again, I, I sound like a broken record here, but I think it's his. Uh, I think playing on the right is is difficult for him. It's just you know it's the complete opposite of what he's played all year. You know, and he's young and he's not super fast either. So I think when you get these playoff games that are really hectic and really frenetic, and the ball's bouncing around, and like your people are like going hard into tackles, that's not really his game, and it never has been. You know, he's a slower, more deliberate kind of finesse player, right? You know what I mean? So I think that has something to do with it. But like I said to Corey, you know, he he the thing that changed the game and got them the goal was when he did calm it down and he did go demand the ball and he did get on the ball and bang together some passes with gosh dog and got it up the right flank. And, um, yeah, I think that was big for him because I think that oftentimes when you're in a game, you can go a while without seeing the ball, might even not, not even come over to your side, you know? So you can do one of two things. You can wait for the ball to come to you or you can go find the game, you know? And that's, that's for, for him to do the ladder and go find the game and get on the ball and say, Hey, give it to me. I want to be involved here. I, I think that was huge. Uh Not just for him to kind of get him going a little bit more in a tough spot with Bedoya being out, but also getting them that goal and helping them advance, you know? Um, Last one here looks like from a cocky McCockhaver. Where's Union Hulk, by the way? I haven't seen Union Hulk in a while. Is he still alive? Somebody do a wellness check on uh, Union Hulk. Is Goshdog a top six uh, league target now, or do you see him staying? I can't imagine someone putting up 30 points uh, not gaining attention in Europe. Y- yeah, I mean, right. And he has the European experience. Um, I'm sorry, the interview international experience playing for Hungary, you know, and getting some games. So look, man, I think Kai Wagner and Jose Martinez are probably gone regardless. Jose, maybe not. Kai is definitely gone regardless of what happens this off season or regardless of what happens in the rest of the playoffs. You know, if they win MLS cup, Brujo could be gone too. And gosh, could be gone too, you know? Um, yeah. He's at that age too, where it's like, Hey, here's my chance at Europe. You know, I mean, I could see him playing in Germany or France or something like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, he's <laughs> an MVP candidate this year, you know, or uh, was in the conversation. Right. So he, so I definitely, yeah, you got to put gosh dog right up there with Wagner and, and Martinez too. It's because guys who could potentially, uh, you know, be out the door um, as a last uh, piece of the program here, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of, you know, kind of searching for, well, I mean, this is, this is a continuing story here. And as the Phillies are doing really well right now and the Eagles are doing really well out here now here and the union are doing really well, you know, we like to be included in conversations with those teams because we feel like the union are a good team and they deserve respect, you know, whether you like the sport or not. And, you know, we've just sure all of you guys have been seeing the responses to some of the crossing broad stories and some of my tweets and, and whatnot. Well, oh, soccer blows, soccer sucks. It's for fairy boys. And, Oh, that, you know, whatever it is, what it is. You're not going to change people's minds, you know, but I, I, I felt the need to kind of barf out a lot of thoughts, um, you know, into a crossing broad story that basically summed everything up because to be quite frankly, like I'm sick of like arguing with people and sick of trying to explain things to people. So I thought I'd just, you know, write it all into one column and give myself something that I can just reply with. If there's like a douchebag who's saying nobody gives a shit, you know, well, I guess what? I wrote this column for you, you know, so. Know most of you have already read this and I appreciate your support. I'm kind of preaching to the choir here uh, because I'm not really convincing anybody of anything here since you all listen to the podcast to begin with. However, the name of the story is nobody is trying to force soccer on you. And I want to read the whole thing front to back. We're going to do it in storybook, uh, audio book fashion here, right? Nobody is trying to force soccer. Soccer on you. Take these arguments and uh, use them uh, in every debate that you have from here on out. Okay, ready? We're enjoying an unprecedented run in Philly sports right now. The Phillies are headed to the World Series. The Eagles are six and zero. The Flyers might not stink. The Sixers won a game and they've actually lost a game since I wrote this. And the Union are in the Eastern Conference Final for a second straight year. But for whatever reason, some people get butt hurt when we mention the Union. No one cares about soccer and the MLS sucks and stuff like this where people say, stop it. Nobody cares about soccer. So for clarity, nobody is forcing you to like soccer or care about it. If you don't dig the sport and don't watch it, that's fine. One of the things that hurt the growth of the game over the years was the antagonistic phrasing like soccer is going to be the biggest sport ever, which really only served to piss people off instead. That was a counterintuitive approach from people who came before us and didn't know what they were doing. And it's always foolish to throw things in people's faces like that and speak in absolutes. But on the flip side, there are seemingly a lot of insecure Philly sports fans who go out of their way to shit all over the union, which is disappointing because they're a local team playing at a high level and winning games. They've enjoyed sustained success for four years now and even won a trophy. And that's deserving of respect, even if you think soccer is for fairy boys. The Union play local kids who are raised in the Delaware Valley, and they're coached by an Orland native who went to Villanova and now lives in Queen Village. So common logic would say that if you're a 4-for-4 four four fan who reps Philly hard, then that support should include the squad that actually does have a local coach and local players who are gobbling up individual awards. You know, as much as we love the other teams in town, the Union actually have the largest local representation among players and staff, and that runs in direct contrast to the they play in chester dis disguised as a credible take. It's not credible. It never has been credible because you would never not call the Jets and Giants New York teams, even though they play in New Jersey. If you bring up Chester as a way to discredit the union, then by extension, you'd also have to poo-poo the guy driving in from Delco to watch the Flyers because he's not from Philly, right? Is Mike Trout a Philly guy? He's from Millville, but nobody seems to have an issue with that. Be whatever you want to be, just don't be a hypocrite. If you support local, then the union more than qualify. There's no legitimate counter-argument, and there never has been. It's also true, the Major League Soccer is not the best league in the world, but that's a sidebar topic. MLS is not the greatest league, but it is our league, and that's what's actually important. Of course, we want to have the best sports leagues and the best competition here in North America. And if you want the union to one day play at the, at the level of a Liverpool or a Barcelona, then actively deriding them does not help us reach that goal. You don't grow the domestic game by shitting on the domestic league and the local team. That's why there's a justified annoyance with Philly-based Premier League fans who will watch London-based Arsenal at 7 in the morning, but can't be bothered to get down to Subaru Park, which is 20 minutes away. But again. Nobody is trying to force the union on you or make soccer happen. Nobody is saying that you have to watch soccer or buy a jersey. If you think that anybody is trying to dump the union on you, then that would be incorrect. For instance, we do about 2,000 posts a year at Crossing Broad. And so far in 2022, we've written 19 union stories, which extrapolates to about 0.0125% of our content. The other mentions of the team are wrapped into stories where the primary focus is the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles, or the Sixers. And outside of the Inquirer, the Delco Times, and Fox Sports, the Gambler, there are no major media outlets with consistent reporter presences at Union games and practices. There are zero full-time Philadelphia Union beat reporters. So the thought that soccer is being pushed on you is a myth. It is fake news. All of that said, it seems silly when people get offended because the union are included in conversations with the other four major teams. Mentioning the U is not damaging any of those teams. It's not defiling or debasing the sanctity of the four for four mentality. Nobody is trying to replace baseball or hockey with soccer. All we're doing is pointing out that the local soccer team is very good and deserves the same recognition as the other team, simply for their high level of performance on the field and commitment to finding and developing talented young kids who were born and raised in this region. They play a style that is very blue collar and Philly centric with a gritty defense and hard workers all over the field. And they're good dudes as well with no big egos and no guys running around with fancy cars and dating supermodels. They are regular people and represent the region well. And that is why, There is absolutely nothing to be upset about.